0: And if you have a Bible, join me in the book of Matthew, and we will pick up, uh, not from where we left off last week, but we're actually going to go back and pick up from where we started last week. And so go to the book of Matthew and chapter number 21, Matthew chapter number 21. I'm going to go ahead again this morning and have you listen as I read beginning at verse 12 of Matthew 21. And then I'll conclude at verse number 22. uh, uh, But before I read that, what I'd like to do is throw out a question, an important question. The question is this, do you think there's a chance that we as Christians, we as believers, we in our country, in our community, uh, are bored with God? Do, Do you think that it could be that we are bored. Now Hang on that thought for a little bit, and we'll come back to it as we go down through this passage. But let me read it, and you follow along as I read it, beginning at chapter 21, verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you not read... Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. And then he left them, and he went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? And so Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Let's pray. God, this morning as we now seek to understand Your Word, we realize that we need the Holy Spirit to be our tutor. We realize that uh, just in our own natural self, uh, we won't quite understand what You're saying here. And so again, Lord, we ask that by Your Spirit, You would open our mind, our hearts, our ears, our attention to the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that you would give me the ability to accurately proclaim what you've written for us or given to us. And, Lord, we just pray again that this morning will be a morning that will bring honor and glory to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, if you were here last week, you remember that we were talking about the temple. And I spent quite a bit of time trying to compare or talk about how stupendous and beautiful and magnificent the temple was, that it was huge, it was made out of a lot of marble and beautiful uh, wood, it was just a very large facility. Uh, We were talking about Lucas Oil Stadium and, and talking about the fact that the temple that we look at here in the Word of God was probably six to seven times larger than uh, that stadium. I mean, it was huge. Did I say that right? The temple was that much larger than uh, the stadium. Uh, It was, and the Lord, as He went in, we saw last week that He was upset with what He saw. In fact, He went to the temple one night, looked around, and then left and went back to Bethany spent the evening there, and then returned the following day. And uh, uh, he took everything in the one day, went back, and it wasn't in a fit of anger, but it was intentionally what he did was he cursed the temple. He actually said that this temple is going to be destroyed someday. And, uh, uh, And, of course, it was about 40 years after what we read about here, the temple was destroyed. It was destroyed in 70 A.D. The temple, when he walked into the temple, you remember from last week that it was kind of like a carnival. Here, this huge, magnificent place. And let's not forget this, guys, that the whole purpose in building the temple was God's plan. God said, I want you to build this, and I'm going to tell you exactly what to put in it I'm going to t- tell you exactly what size everything should be. I'm going to spell out all the material that should go into it. And I want everybody to know that the purpose is that people from around the world will be able to come to the temple and they can learn about me. This will be a place to come and learn about God. And yet, what we saw is that when the Lord entered into the temple, he found that about everything but that was happening. Again, it was a carnival atmosphere. There was a 35-acre area that was the Court of the Gentiles, a place where Gentiles should be able to come and learn about God. And yet, when they came in there, again, it was just a a, a ruckus. There were animals making noise. There were stinky animals. There was uh, people that were exchanging money. There were people that set up booths so that people would come along, and they'd say, well, you know, I have traveled. This has been my life dream to come to the temple. I have brought with me a lamb that I want to use for the sacrifice. And there's somebody behind the table would say, well, that lamb doesn't meet the test. But if you give me some money, I'll give you a lamb that will. And, and it just was very, very awful. And the Lord saw that. And of course, you remember, as we just read again, he turned over the tables. He ran everybody out of there. Can you imagine this? That There are also like uh, trumpets or cornets that would be upside down and located periodically throughout the temple. These would be up against the wall. And people, in order to show off, see, the whole thing was about men showing off. It was about the pride of men. And so people would come to the temple, and they would find one of those trumpets, and they would make sure that they had a lot of noisy coins. And so they would go over there, and then they would begin to pour these noisy coins into the temple so that everybody that was in the area would understand, wow, we are they ever generous. Look how much I'm giving. Look what I'm doing. People off to the side that dressed in beautiful robes that are praying with words that maybe are so big that you would need a dictionary to follow, but showing off. The whole thing was a show. The whole thing was prideful. The whole thing was arrogant. The whole thing was demeaning. The whole thing lost the entire purpose of the temple, being a place where everybody... Jew and Gentile alike could come and learn about the Lord. Now it was exciting. You have to give it that. It was something where people would come and say, Wow, was that ever exciting? That was full of life, that was full of energy. That was just a a magnificent building with a wonderful production and a wonderful, I mean, look at all that was going on. 400,000 people are there for this event. So it's a big deal. And that's where I want us to pick it up today. Because I wonder if we haven't somehow fallen into that same trap and and if we're not just a little bit bored in being challenged again to learn more about God. Uh, come and learn about God. Uh, no, no, that's too boring. Come and we'll teach you more about the attributes of God. No, that won't get hold our attention. Come and we'll talk about God's plan over the ages. Well, there's got to be something more exciting than that. Come and we'll walk you through God's plan for the future. What's going to be taking place down the road? Well, there's got to be something more exciting than that. Can't there be some smoke? Can't there be some lights twirling around? Can't there be some noise? Can't there be some drama? Can't there be something else going on? Can't there be something that gets us charged up and we're able to come and when we leave, we are charged up and we walk out and we say, wow, is that an experience? Have we gotten to the point where the idea of just learning more about God is too boring? Isn't that a challenge? Well, let's look here at what the Lord does. If you still have your Bible, open to chapter 21. Let me uh, begin reading again here. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats and those who sold doves. This is what Jesus didn't like. This is what he, this is why he overturned. This is why he cursed the temple. Verse 13. But here's the flip side of it. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Prayer. That's pretty boring. Prayer. Hey, hey, come, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray. I mean, that's pretty boring, isn't it? I mean, come, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray, and as we pray, we're going to be confessing our sin. And as we pray, we're going to be seeking God's favor. And as we pray, we're going to be crying out, God, show me your will. As we pray, we're able to say, God, you are wonderful, and, and I want to learn more about. That's pretty boring. Maybe this week, what we ought to do here in Greenwood is we ought to, on social media and also in the newspaper, we ought to say that next Sunday at Village Bible Church at 10 o'clock, we're going to spend the whole hour just praying. Boy, that would draw a crowd. I mean, that would, and it wouldn't take very long for somebody to say, well, surely not just prayer. I mean, how boring can that be? How, I'm being sarcastic here, how boring can it be for us to get together with one another and to talk to God? How boring can it be for us to ask God to speak to our spirit? How boring can it be for us to do what God said, this is what I wanted my temple to be, and instead it became an entertainment house. It wasn't enough. Well, sure, let's pray. But surely we've got to throw something in because it's not enough just to meet with God and to love God and to learn about God and to pour out our hearts to God. Now, I'm not making this up. What did he say here? I'm upset. And the reason I'm upset is that I wanted to walk into God's house. I wanted to walk into this temple. The purpose of it was to learn about God. And I wanted to find people on their knees praying to God and pouring out their hearts and saying, my heart is broken, and I have a need, and I want to know you, Lord, and I don't want to confess my sin, and, and I want to know your ways. Well, how can we make that more exciting? And the challenge to my heart and to your heart ought to be, is that where we've evolved to, where where God's no longer exciting to us, and we're bored with God? And so what we have to do is we have to come up with some type of a topic. Hey, come, and you'll want to come because we're going to talk about tattoos today. I'd have a tattoo, I just don't like pain. All right, so anyway, we're going to talk about tattoos. Uh, Come today, and what we're going to do is, and and you pick it. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of topics out there. Grab the topic and run with it. Come today, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about dating. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with tattoos. Nothing wrong with dating. Nothing wrong with any of those topics that we hear about. But guys, what's wrong with say let's come together and we're going to learn more about God. Oh, that's boring. Boring. I mean, I already know everything I need to know about God. Duh. So he says, this is I'm upset. I, I, I wanted this to be a place place of prayer. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6. And then close your eyes once you get there. And let me help you silently pray. Okay? I'm going to lead us in prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 9. In this manner, church, pray this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's be still for a minute. And in your heart, just pray that, God, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Wonderful is your name. There's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's Emmanuel. Wow, he's God. He's a savior, he's the Lord. He's a King of Kings. Oh Lord, I wanna meet with you this morning and pray hallowed be your name. God, as I go on and pray this morning, Lord, your kingdom come. Your kingdom. While you talk about exciting, your kingdom come. God, your will be done. Your will. Your will. Lord, as I have been learning more about you, I'm learning more about what your will is. Lord, your will be done. On earth, in Greenwood, in Indiana, in America, as it is in heaven. Pray this silently between you and the Lord. God, give us this day our daily bread. and forgive us of our sins. Oh God, forgive me. Forgive me of my debts, my sins, my transgressions. God, forgive. As we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, help me park there long enough for you to reveal to me practically what I ought to be praying Break my heart. Don't lead us into sin. Don't lead us into temptation of sin. Lord, that's my heart cry. God, don't lead me into sin. But deliver us from the evil one who's very, very real. Protect us. Gird us up. Deliver us. For God, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Go back to Matthew 21. He says in verse number 13, it is written, my house shall be called a house, a prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. Are we bored with God? Why would we want to, Don't we want more excitement than that? Don't we want more energy than that? Don't we want something else that can somehow appeal to our flesh other than just coming together to pray? My, oh, my. With everything that's going on in the world today, is there anything more important than prayer? Now, is there anything more important that a, that a church can be a part of than encouraging people to not be bored with God, but to be praying? You see, sometimes I think we act like uh, God is watching all of this that's going on, and he's kind of a little bit paralyzed and just kind of sitting back and watching what's happening in the world. Instead of realizing that He is the one pulling all the strings, He's the one that is pushing every button, He's the one who has always got it, always will be God. Are we, do we get more excitement about listening to somebody that's great in sports telling us how to think? Somebody that's great in government telling us how to think? Somebody that's great in science telling us how to think? Or are we really, are, are we bored? Are we bored with God? Uh, that, are we bored with learning what He's all about? Well, I think we are bored people, not only with God, but I think we're just bored in general. goodness sake! somebody starts a new restaurant, and um, this doesn't have anything to do with spiritual value. But so, Well, it does, because spiritually, it's good to eat. That, that's, man shall eat. Okay, and so anyway, but you go into a new restaurant, and here is a, uh, the biggest TV monitor you've ever seen. And while you're eating, you get the... Because we're going to get bored just eating. But then the next time we go back, there's two of them. And then the next time we go back, there's three of them. And pretty soon we we go into that same place, and goodness sakes, they're everywhere. There's 1,322 monitors in there. And while you're eating, you don't know what to look they're golfing over here and they're, and they're shooting baskets over here and they're knocking people down over here and here they're cage fighting and here they're doing this and then there's somebody man oh man but it's getting to be a little bit boring because you ought to mix some smoke in with it and you ought to have some music playing but make it louder Now, you're saying, Ken, you're, you're talking like a fuddy-duddy old man. Yeah, I am. But how many of you still like me? Yeah, because fuddy-duddy old men are likable. <laughs> Isn't this really a, 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 something for us to be thinking about? Are we just bored? Are we bored with life? Are we bored with God? Are we bored to the point that we actually kind of are thinking, well, you know, there's been times in the past when our God has done marvelous, wonderful things, but what's happening now? He's doing marvelous, wonderful things today. Let's not be blind to it and bored to it. So the Lord says, my house should have been a house of prayer. If you already forgot, men at 8 o'clock Saturday morning, we're not going to be bored. But we are going to have a donut to make it more exciting, and we're going to have some coffee, and that'll help. But we're going to pray. 8 o'clock Saturday morning, we're going to pray. Amen? All right. Well, let's keep going here. What's the Lord? What did he want to see? Look at verse 14. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. He wanted to see that happening. He he wanted to walk into the temple and find that the people that are beat up, the people that are suffering, the people that are sick, the people that are confused, the people that have questions, those people aren't being uh, treated like misfits, that they're being ministered to, they're being prayed over, they're being taken care of. Not just the ones that dress in, come in in their Sunday best, and are able to walk over to the trumpet and say, listen to all my money as I pour in to the temple. Don't you have any better clothes? Where do you live? Under a bridge? It turned it into a prideful, arrogant thing. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The third thing that I think he saw here was, but when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. They were indignant. Children. They're indignant. The children are running around. Isn't that amazing? Did you catch that yet? last Sunday when we read this passage? That in the temple there were children. And these are not just, I mean, look at these children. These children had learned something about God that the arrogant adults had forgotten years earlier. The children recognized, look at what they recognized, the children said, Hosanna to the son of David. They learned that. You've heard me tell the story I don't know. I lose track seventy-three times. So let me tell it again. Uh, years ago, Chuck Smith, who was pastor at that time of Calvary Chapel in in California, they finally got to the point that they could build a church building, and they then finally got enough money to be able to carpet and do all those things. And so they carpeted, and it was beautiful. And and after church was over, a lady came up to Pastor Smith and said. Uh, this is Chuck Smith. Hey, we're going to have to do something about these little kids because these little kids are going to wreck the carpet. We have new carpet in our church here, and these little kids are going to wreck it. We've got to do something. You need to take this up with the elders. And he said to her, hey, settle down. It'll be fine. We're going to handle it Monday. She said, well, what are you going to do? He said, we're going to take out all the carpet. Suffer the little kids, the children, to come unto me. Forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Instead of thinking about, boy, somebody asked me if I'd help out in children's church. (laughs) I paid my dues. What do you mean you paid your dues? Here's a young life that someday is going to be able to say, thou art the son of the living God. Thou art the creator. I learned that in Sunday school. I learned that in children's church. I learned that. Are we bored with God? Do we think that there's, maybe there's other things that are better for us to give our kids. What we want to make sure is that when our kids come to church, that they don't start hating church. So what we're going to do is when they come, we're just going to entertain them. And then when they leave, they'll say, Mom, Dad, I want to go back. Because when I go to that church, I get to slide into Sunday school on a slide. And it's exciting. Now, I'm not too much of a Scrooge. Nothing wrong with a slide. Nothing wrong with laughing. Nothing wrong with dancing around. Nothing wrong with having fun. But let's not lose the opportunity to say to our children, we're going to teach you about God. The living God. Or is he too boring? Wow. Well, let's keep on going here. Children, I think about, uh, you know, we could go 10 different directions with this. I think about The wonderful opportunity we have today to adopt children so we have children to tell about the living God. The opportunity we have to have foster children and tell them about the living God. The opportunity to say to people, hey, no, no, abortion, no, every life is important to God, the sanctity of life. Children are not somehow a a distraction and somehow they get in the way and somehow they... No! You see, that's, when the Lord came into the temple, he was disgusted. He overturned it. Forty years later, the whole thing was destroyed. Then, Over in verse number, and he says, And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? And then he left them, and he went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Last week we talked a lot about the fact that my fear is that I would just be a bunch of leaves and there's no real fruit, no real nourishment. My fear is that we would be a church that would just be a lot of leaves and no fruit that would nourish people. But I want us to go on here and look at how the disciples responded. On the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree by the road. He came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, underline this next word, they marveled. They marveled. They marveled. When we see that there's been an earthquake, do we marvel? When we see that there's a pandemic, do we marvel? When we see that there's been a tornado, do we marvel? When we see that the book of Revelation says that there'll be a time that that even the most intelligent who think they don't need God are going to do the dumbest things in the world, I mean idiotic things, and we sit and say, How can they be so crazy? Or do we marvel and say what we're looking at is the work of God? Do we marvel at the fact that right now in our own lifetime, what we're seeing is we're seeing the outworking of what God promised, where he said, well, there'll be a time. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back. And if you think you're so smart, you run it. You run it. And then see how well it works. Right now, today, we ought to be marveling. Marvel at what God is doing globally. Marvel at what God is doing locally. Marvel. The disciples saw this miracle, and they marveled. Uh, Hey, guys, this is my last sentence that I wrote down in my notes, and we'll look at it again. This is no time to be bored with God. If there's ever been a day to marvel and to be overwhelmed with the hand of God, it's today. God is on the move. Marvel. Marvel. Wow. Well, they marveled. He didn't reprimand them for that. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? And so Jesus answered, and he said to them, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and don't doubt, you will be only do what's been done to this fig tree. But also if you say this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea, it'll be done, and whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. There's a whole huge message just in that one verse. Now, listen carefully. This verse is not talking about positive thinking. This verse is not talking about gabbit and grabbit. This verse is not talking about prosperity theology. This verse is not saying that if you decide that you would really like a Corvette, you just need to really believe it a lot. You need to take a picture of one. You need to put it on the refrigerator. Every time you pass by the refrigerator to get your ice cream, you need to look at it and say, I believe this is going to be mine. It's not that at all. So then what is it? When you unpack this, you see you've got faith in here. You have the Word of God in here. You have belief in here. So who are we believing in? Right now, do you and I believe that God is in charge? Are our feet firmly planted on the fact that he's sovereign God and that he's in charge? That's where it begins. How do we know that? Because of faith. And faith we didn't get out of our socks. We didn't say, I'm going to get more faith. Come on up, faith. Today I'm going to have more faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Well, Genesis wasn't too bad. Even Exodus wasn't bad. But when I got to Leviticus, boy, was God boring. Is God boring, or are we devouring this book? Because what we want to do is we want to learn more about this marvelous, magnificent, unbelievable God. And then as we learn about Him, we realize that we have received faith. Faith cometh, cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, there's a mountain and that mountain isn't the mountain that we choose. The mountain is the mountain God chooses. And the mountain is there, and He says, Have faith, believe in me. Wow. See, He starts with prayer and He ends with prayer. I have, there's not a piece of me that believes that the mountain that we need to pray that will be removed is the mountain of COVID. There's not a bit of me that believes that we need to be wasting our time praying that COVID would disappear. Maybe, but there's a lot in me that says what we need to do is we need to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm praying That your will will be done God I'm praying that the mountain of apathy among the Christian community will be moved out of the way God I'm praying that those of us who have been guilty of pandering to people and saying in what we do we understand that God is kind of boring, so what we're going to do is we're going to make it more exciting all the time. I think I've shared this story with a couple of you, maybe from the pulpit, I can't remember. A number of years ago, a pastor, pretty good-sized church, called me and wanted to have lunch. And so we had lunch, great guy, nice guy. And so during lunch, he said, Hey, Ken, he said, the reason I wanted to meet with you is that he said, I am really in trouble. He said, I need help. And I said, Well, I don't, you know, it's an honor for you even to ask, but what's, what's the problem? And he said, Well, he said, when I started this ministry, he said, I, I wanted to do everything I could to make things exciting. And so he said, We made it exciting. And then he said, when the next Sunday rolled around, I realized that I needed to make it exciting again. And Then when the next Sunday rolled around, I realized that I needed to make it more exciting than the first Sunday. And he said, it grew and grew and grew and grew. And he said, I have nobody to blame but myself. He said, I have created a monster where every week I have to put on a bigger show that will tantalize the attendees. And I created it. My heart went out to him. Just a, a slight forgetting for a moment that for people to learn about God ought to be enough. Are we bored with God? You see, when it comes right down to it, If all we're doing is responding to the flesh, there's no growth. But if what we're responding to is a fact that, wow, I learned something today that I never knew about God, and I can't wait to learn more tomorrow, and then tomorrow rolls around and we say, and I can't wait to learn more about it, it doesn't make any difference if you're meeting under a tree if you're meeting on the side of a hill, if you're sitting in a boat out in the lake, because what you're doing is you're saying, what I I want is I'm not interested in all the leaves. I'm not interested in all the flesh. What I'm interested in is I don't know very much about God. (laughs) And I want to. I don't want to be somebody who, who someday Comes to the end of life, and I've been bored just waiting for a heaven. Are we bored with God? Well, the Lord didn't like what he saw, he had very strong feelings about what he wanted to see. He has strong feelings today for what he wants to see. God is not taking a vacation, we ought to marvel. Marvel, marvel in what he's doing. And God's people said, amen.